the EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by mybookie.ag. Use a promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by our Sports Gambling Podcast Network and ATC Football Tournament. We're teaming up with all things comedy to run back the 2019 NFL playoffs via Madden Sims and give away $10,000 in my bookie credits. The tournament starts on the 3rd of July, and all you have to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD now shipping legally to all 50 states and if you use the promo code SGP you'll get 15% off that's cushy k-u-s-h-y dreams.com and the promo code S-G-P You are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com where you can find my EPL article every week. And follow my Twitter account at SGP EPL where we will continue to give out the free plays as long as we get those likes, retweets and those iTunes reviews. Had an interesting running on Twitter this week. Simply commented under a Kappa's tweet. Um, I say Kappa, they're not really Kappas. They're not professional gamblers. They're just guys on gambling Twitter trying to pretend that they know about soccer, all tailing off each other. Some of them are very, very chalky. The other ones have this strategy where they're just going to blindly fade the public, blindly fade the public. They don't have a gut for soccer. They don't have an eye for soccer. They're simply going to blindly follow a couple of things they learned from betting other sports and try and apply it to soccer. This is one of the most gut-heavy, eye-test-heavy sports in the world you need to watch it you need to learn about it i've been watching this sport since i was five years old i was putting bets on when i was 14 when i started winning when i was giving the money to my dad's friends to go and put my bets on and they were constantly collecting for me i started advising them on what to bet when i was 15 years old that's how long i've been doing this 21 years doing it and as i said I'm not pissed off that other people are doing it on Twitter because everybody can do what they want. But when I make a comment underneath someone's tweet about the fact that I don't think that taking the over in the Arsenal-Leicester game was the right play, I ended up getting abused by all of these sheep that blindly follow these people, started attacking me, started calling me a clown, ended up retweeting that all at the end of the game because, of course, I was right. The under was the right play for 85 minutes. That game was 1-0 and Arsenal were holding on comfortably. The only reason they fell under any pressure was because they went down to 10 men for a stupid red card. It wasn't even a red card. But the point is, is that be very, very careful who you tell. If you are going to go down the route of taking free plays on Twitter, then 
make sure that you track that record and make sure that you follow it for a few weeks and, uh, and and see what's going on. Don't just deep dive in and start following these guys. I've been on this show for 73 months, so I think it's pretty safe. Even if you're not going to put your hand in your pocket and subscribe to lockbetting.com, which is my, my website where I give out my premium picks, then you pretty much know that you're in good hands just tailing the picks on the show here. And you at least get some analysis as well. I just feel that I don't understand why you would put your money in your pocket and follow people unless you've seen them or heard them actively talking about the sport. It doesn't matter if your record is 51%. You have more respectability and more credibility if you are on YouTube or on a podcast or any other kind of platform, Facebook Live, whatever, if you're on there talking in detail about the sport. I come on this show every single week and I pretty much nail out my soccer in one take. I could go onto any platform, Twitter, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and do this show live without any issues at all. The only two stops I make on this show is to do the mid-rolls and to do the lock at the end to make sure I've got everything in order. Otherwise, with the, with the one page of notes, I run through every single game in the Premier League and all that's in front of me is the statistical data. But when it comes to players and tactics and talking about what I've seen and talking about how I think the game's going to develop, I do that all in one take. There's no pauses. There's no, there's no second guessing. There's nothing. The analysis here is all fresh and it happens off the cuff with some statistical data, as I said, in order to back up what I'm saying, if need be. These guys couldn't talk soccer if their life depended on it. So as I said, if you're going to tail somebody blindly, then make sure that you follow them for a couple of weeks. I would never, ever do that. As much as I shit on people like Doc Sports, the Doc Sports guys are all over on YouTube. They're all making their videos. The reason I shit on Doc Sports is because they charge $30 a day and $199 a week and $800 a month for their picks. And the profit doesn't accumulate unless you're willing to put a minimum of three units on a play and their plays go up to eight units. So if you have a bad day, you're about three or four thousand pounds down. And that isn't a realistic bankroll for normal people. My service doesn't do that at all. I go for normal people with normal lives and normal incomes and try to help them make their lives better and try to make sports gambling more fun because it's more fun to win than it is to lose. Will I put you in a much bigger house? Will I get you a much better car? Probably not, unless you're doubling down on what I'm telling you to do. But if you go along with the realistic stakes, will you be able to get nicer things? Yes. Will you be able to pay for holidays? Yes. Will you be able to make sure that you pay a couple of bills that are outstanding or be able to take care of a bill or a parking ticket or something that comes out of nowhere? Yeah, you will. You should be fine because we make people two or three grand a month all the time. That's realistic. And we do it with small plays, one to two units, half units at the moment, a lot of them, because I'm still accounting for COVID because I do in every man's service. That's not what these other people do when they're giving you three or four unit plays. This guy with this Arsenal Leicester pick was for seven and a half thousand dollars. And that's a pretty standard play. His plays range between five thousand to seven and a half grand. Do you think this moron on Twitter is doing that? Why would you have a Twitter account 
at all and bother with any of this if you had five to seven and a half grand to put down on place. People need to wake up and realize what people are doing. These are kids. These aren't these aren't gamblers. These aren't people that know what they're talking about. These aren't 30, 40 year betters. These are kids with with burner accounts as well, which burners are fake accounts, which they talk to themselves to make it look like they're winning more money than they really are. I don't do that at all. They have a completely transparent service. So I'm not competing with people on Twitter. I am competing, competing in my eyes with the likes of Doc Sports. It was obviously a much, much bigger brand, but that's obviously the case because they're charging you $800 a month. I'm charging $125 for everything, which is every single sport, 24-7 access to me via WhatsApp group in place and a profit guarantee. It's just it's just ridiculous to me how how people blindly tell these people and that's that's my best advice that I can give you even when it comes to the NFL I would stick with Ryan and Sean on this show because you can sit there and you can have a conversation with Ryan and Sean about the NFL and they can talk and talk and talk and talk about it and they might not be right all of the time, but the fact is, if your capper can't do that about the sport that they're betting on, then you don't want to be taking any advice from those cappers because blind things that have worked in other sports, blind strategies and blind systems don't work for every single sport, and they sure as hell don't work in mine. Blind systems do not work in this sport. You need to watch it. You need to feel it in your gut. You need to understand it. You need to keep your ears to the ground. You need to know about injuries. You need to know about incentives. You need to know about the moods of the players. Like You need to know about all of these things in order to win profit. And yeah, okay, maybe somebody will be 51, 52, 53%. That's not the number that I work at. And you guys know that because you know the lot record here every year. And as I said, you've been listening to me for 73 months. The setup of my service coincided with me getting this job here on the SGB. So 73 months here and 73 months at lockbetting.com. The, the numbers are there. It's a statistical fact. I post my spreadsheet, my PL every single month. It's over there now. Go to lockbetting.com. It's pinned at the top of the page. It's pinned on my Twitter account as well. June's PL. And it's 73 of those. So I'm going to move on from this, but what I will say to you once again, be careful who you tell. This is your money. You earn that money. Don't blindly throw your money away. Don't tail morons. Don't believe everything unless you can see a PL or unless you can follow that person for a while. I personally wouldn't go along with anybody, anybody, unless I'd heard them talking intelligently, eloquently, and knowledgeably about the sport. Talk about the players. Talk about the history. Talk about the head-to-heads. Talk about the tactics. Talk about the trends, the statistics, the systems. If they can't talk about all of this stuff, then don't tail these people. Because what is making you think that they are better than you? Why can't you just go off and do your own research? Why can't you use this podcast and the various written pieces that are out there, including my written piece, but loads of other written pieces that are out there? It's easy to bring up data. It's not a difficult thing to do. I use data on this show. I don't research all of it myself. I implement that data and then add my opinions to it based on what I know from watching the games. Gut, 
guts. I use my guts. I use my eyes. I use knowledge that I've developed since I was five or six years old. This is how this is everything that goes into it. These people, they don't have it. They don't specialize in one sport. They, these are the same dickheads that were giving out table tennis picks during COVID-19 and all of a sudden becoming experts on esports. And you would put your hard-earned money behind what they're telling you to bet now on soccer. It doesn't make any sense at all. Just because soccer's back and American sports are not, these guys suddenly became soccer experts. How does that make any sense? Every every month, they're suddenly an expert on the big UFC card as well. Whereas I've been here for months, for years, been doing the fight show, 29 and 9 lot record. There's another fight show this, this weekend as we're talking about UFC Fight Island. So make sure you guys check that out. 29 and 9 lot record amazing lot records here every year on the EPL. This is proven. You should not follow anybody unless you track them yourselves. And I still wouldn't even think that was enough. I want to hear them talking about the sport, going out in front of a camera or in a podcast and talking in details. I want to be able to hold a conversation with that person about sports gambling on that specific sport. Otherwise, Go online and do your own research because you might as well because you're burning money anyway, money that you've worked for. And trust me, gambling isn't fun when you're losing and it's especially not fun when it's not even your own stuff that you're betting on. You're just, you're not using, there's no fun in that at all. There's no fun. Okay, I can understand it's fun where you don't have to think about anything. You tell someone else's plays and they're winning all the time. But imagine knowing nothing about a sport, putting your money down and losing on something that you had no input in at all. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, I'm going to move on from it because I could talk about, I could do a whole show on this and how stupid it is and how little sense it makes and, and how I don't understand how people don't see through these people and how certain services are taking your money. You don't need to pay for a service with all the information that we have out there at the moment unless you're convinced that that service organically knows so much more than you and you're almost guaranteed to make money from using that service and using that person and you have absolute trust in them and you can put your money behind them safely as an investment, not as a gamble. That's why we have that slogan at my place, at Lockbetting. We say you're investing in sports, you're not gambling on sports. And with 73 months track record of 73 consecutive months of winning, that is actually true. It is an investment and it's fun because winning is fun and that's what we do. We win people money. We've done it for a long time. Anyway, let's move on. That rant has gone on way longer than, than I planned it to. But I wanted to say something about it because it's been bothering me ever since I started to engage more on Twitter. I always had an account and gave out the odd free play here and there. And lately I've been asking for the likes and retweets and whatnot because I've been seeing these guys doing it. But I've also been seeing their terrible, terrible picks. I felt bad today because I missed a couple of free plays. I'm on a 12 and 3 free play run. And it was 12 and 1 and I missed a couple and I feel like shit. And if I lose a free play, I'll give you a free play for f without you asking you guys to, to do more retweets and likes because I want to compensate for it. If I get 50 likes and retweets, 
I want to do it for a winning free play, not just an ordinary free play. Not just win, lose, draw, doesn't matter. Give me 50 likes again for the next one. If I get the 50 likes and retweets or the iTunes reviews, I'm going to give you a winning free play. And hopefully I'm going to give you a winning lock on this show as well. Two winning locks this week, actually, because we have the fight show as well. So a couple of free plays coming this week all across the two podcasts. But let's actually get this podcast started because we're at the 15-minute mark here now anyway. So we start on Saturday here with Norwich versus West Ham. If I can get logged into my bet site. Here we go. Uh, Norwich are the 11-4 underdogs. It's 11-4 to draw. And somehow, West Ham are the even-money favourites. Now, I don't dispute West Ham being the favourites, but even-money, odds-on in places, is a bit weird when you're coming off the back of a two... Sorry, a 1-0 home defeat against Burnley. And West Ham have only had one win since the lockdown period resumed, and that was a really, really surprise win against Chelsea at home. Without that result, if West Ham had lost that game, they would be in some serious trouble now. They would be just above Bournemouth in the relegation zone, but level on points if they'd lost that game as expected. So that's a big result for them. Big enough, I think, to get them out of this situation because I don't think they're in any danger of going down. I think they just need one more win and they could easily get it here. In fact, I think West Ham could probably go on a two-game run in the next two games. They just, they play against Norwich away here, and then they play at home to Watford in the next game. And Watford are playing really terribly at the moment as well. And they're an odds-on favourite this week too, which makes no sense to me either. In this game, I'm going to take West Ham. Don't like the price, though. I don't think that West Ham should be a odds-on favourite or an even-money favourite. Uh, Norwich did show some fight against Watford in the last game, but ultimately they ended up losing. And that's really the point. It doesn't matter how Norwich play or what they do. They ultimately end up losing. They're, they're not good enough to be in this league. They are going to go down. They are going to be bottom. And um, everybody they play against should beat them. It should be an automatic three points. And those fortunate enough to play them, which was Watford in midweek and West Ham here, they will all get their wins against Norwich and... Um, move away from the relegation zone so this is a big advantage to West Ham who with this win if they get it will move within one win of being certain to be safe but I think with this win going on to 34 points that is a number where you're certain to be safe anyway because Villa and Bournemouth or Watford and even are not are not going to move to that 34 point number I don't see another win this season for Watford other than the game that they have this weekend, and that will take them on to 34 points if they win it. Bournemouth aren't going to win two games, and Villa aren't going to win two games. So 34 will be enough for West Ham. So they'll be looking to win this one first at Norwich. Watford are up next, and they are the five to six favourites at home to Newcastle. And I certainly think there's been some line adjustment here off the back of Newcastle losing 5-0 away to City. Newcastle are 7-2 here to win this game. And it's 13 to 5, the draw. I think, I really think Steve Bruce conceded that game because Newcastle really haven't been too bad since the season resumed. And that was a rare performance, a rare poor performance. But they also rested a lot of players. I think Bruce looked at that game as the least winnable game that they had to play and decided not to waste players in that game, especially when they had this game coming up against Watford, which is far more winnable. 
So I like Newcastle here on the double chance. I don't think Watford will lose this game. Uh, I think this is going to end up being a draw, but every point counts. So it could be an important point for Watford. But I'm not going to take a team that only just scrapped past Norwich 2-1 to beat this Newcastle team who have got all of their players ready to play this game. They rested a lot of players against Man City, which was part of the reason why they got whooped 5-0. They, they were never in that game at all. And you want me to take a team at odds on that have won two of the last 13 games in all competitions. Newcastle have only lost one of their last seven league games, and that was the last one with, with only half the first team. Um, Watford have also failed to win five of their last seven home matches. So again, not a whole load of reason to take them as an odds-on favourite here in this one. I'm going to take Newcastle on the double chance, although I do think the game will ultimately play out as a draw. Up next, you've got Liverpool versus Burnley, where Liverpool are the ones for favourites. 5-1 to a draw, and it's 11-1 to on Burnley. Despite that loss to Man City, Liverpool have bounced back from that with a couple of wins. So I do expect them to continue winning and getting this win here against Burnley. Um, they are chasing that Premier League record. Mo Salah's chasing a golden boot. They come up here against a team who they've beaten in their last four meetings. They also have a 100% winning record at Anfield. They've scored three or more in their last three clashes with Burnley. And as a team, they average 2.7 goals per game this season. So it should be no issues here with Liverpool getting over 2.5 goals against this team, which actually is available at plus money. So there's different ways to bet this. You could take Liverpool to win and over two and a half goals in the game. You could take Liverpool with over 2.5 team goals. You could take Liverpool minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap. You could even take Liverpool to nil because despite the fact that they are beginning to rest one or two players and try and get people in, try and get some youngsters in to make sure they win Premier League trophies because people need to play 10 games in order to get themselves a Premier League medal. Your amateur Twitter cappers will not know that fact, but they do need to play 10 games in order to get themselves a medal. They're not doing this from the start of games. And also, we have seen Alisson playing in every game, every game in goal for Liverpool. We have seen Van Dijk and Gomez playing as well. We've seen Alexander-Arnold playing. We did see some rotation with uh, Robertson. We did some see some rotation up top with Mane. Maybe Salah will get rotated out this game and Mane will come back in. I think Mane's certain to come back in. It just depends whether Salah will play. Salah won't want to be rested because he's chasing the golden boot to go along with his league winner's medal. So... Lots of factors here, but all of them point to Liverpool continuing to try and get wins. And as long as Liverpool are trying to get wins against Burnley, Liverpool beat Burnley, and all of those bets come into, come into play. Uh, we're looking at minus 1.5, Liverpool over 2.5 team goals, Liverpool and over 2.5 overall, Liverpool to nil. Any way you want to bet it, you can. You may hit, you're able to hit all of them. Liverpool win this game comfortably. If you're going to be safe, I would go minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line in this one. Important game, 5.30 on Saturday, because it involves Chelsea, who are chasing the Champions League, and Sheffield United, who are chasing European football, which would be a massive achievement for them. Although, I do feel that if a squad like Sheffield United do get European football next season, it could end up being a negative for them because I think they will struggle in the league. I'm really surprised as to how well Wolves have done this season because they started playing this season. They, their season started last July. 
That's crazy. That's 12 months consistently that they've been in action in the same season. Don't know if that's ever been done before, but that's actually a fact. They started against Crusaders in July. Sheffield United in this game are 5-1 to one to win. It's 14-5 uh, to five the draw, and it's 3-5 to five here on Chelsea. I think you have to take Chelsea here to keep winning. I know Sheffield United did well last time out. They got themselves a, a win, a good win against Wolves at home. They were unbeaten in eight of their last nine home games. Uh, both teams have scored in three of Sheffield United's last five home games, which wasn't really happening earlier on in the season. So they haven't been as defensively solid. And I think you want to be more defensively solid when you're coming up against a team like Chelsea who scores so many away goals. The teams drew 2-2 at Stanford Bridge. And... I wouldn't be surprised here if the over 2.5 caches again, which is available at 11 to 10, I would be surprised if the over 3.5 cash again, like the last game, and the price reflects that because it's at 5 to 2. Reason being is because Wolves have only scored one in each of their last three home games. And also, they only average one goal a game this season, scoring 35 in 34. So Chelsea would need to be the large contributors to that if it was to catch the over again. But I do like the over 2.5 because Chelsea do usually concede a goal, but they also do score a lot of goals away from home. Um, I think Chelsea end up winning here. I think, obviously, we've seen home field is neutralised. Despite the fact that Sheffield United did beat Wolves, I think Wolves are a tired team. They started the season in July. They lost the game late. They, they don't rotate players. They play a lot of the players over and over and over again and eventually tiredness was inevitable but with Chelsea they have a bigger squad they have better players than Wolves anyway they should win this game they have better players than Sheffield United Sheffield United don't have their home supporters here and I think in a neutral field Chelsea end up beating Sheffield United which I think will be the case and I think there's value in the price as well here at three to five in this one Moving on to the final game on Saturday, and it's Manchester City traveling to Brighton, where Brighton are nine to one underdogs. It's nine to two to draw, and it's one to three on City. City have actually lost both of their last two away games. They were upset by Southampton, and of course, they lost that game to Chelsea by 2 1 prior to that, which handed the league title to Liverpool. The Southampton game was really odd because it was just Man City peppering a goal and peppering a goal, and somehow Southampton, who were terrible at keeping clean sheets and terrible at home, managed to end up beating Man City. I would say so far that's been the surprise result of the lockdown period, even though Man City really don't have anything to play for. We don't even know if they're going to end up playing in the Champions League. They keep rotating their players as well, so we're going to see around about four or five different players coming in. They usually change the whole back four, which could be disruptive. That could give Brighton an opportunity. Their expected goals tally this season is really high and they should have scored more goals against Liverpool but they can't put the ball in the back of the net which is a problem for them the other problem is is that the, the back four that are coming in for this game are the better back four so the weaker back four kept a clean sheet against Newcastle and here we're going to see the likes of Carl Walker Mendy and Laporte return to the team so I expect Manchester City to win this game and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning this with a clean sheet there's no value, obviously, in taking Man City at 1-3, to three, but Man City on the handicap, the minus 1.5 is available at evens, and Man City to win this with a clean sheet is available at 6-4. to four. I like that bet. I think Man City win this game but by two goals to nil. I think that's going to be my scoreline prediction for this one. I can't see them losing three away games in a row, and despite the fact that they are much better at home than they are away from home, I think here at Brighton, especially now Brighton's incentive has been reduced because they are going to be staying up this season. They're not in relegation trouble at all. 
football. I think we see them try and play Man City here like they did against Liverpool. And I think we see a similar result. It's 3-1 to Liverpool. Wouldn't be surprised if it's 3-1 to Man City. But I just think the better back four is here for this one. So I can see Man City keeping a clean sheet. And there's much more value in City keeping a clean sheet here at 6-4 than there was in the Liverpool game against Brighton, which would have been around about even money. Before we move on to Sunday's game, let me take a second out here to talk about the sponsor here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is, of course, mybookie.ag. My bookie is still running their 50% deposit offer. So sign up now and use the promo code SGP to get yourself some extra cash on top of your deposit. Put in $1,000 and they'll spot you 500 bucks to play with. That's promo code SGP when you make your first deposit. And you can use those funds to bet on the EPL or the UFC because the UFC will be going down this weekend on Fight Island and there will be a bonus podcast, a bonus edition of the Fight Show covering that. So make sure that you check that out. Also make sure sure you check out the guys because they are back with another awesome sim tournament and they are teaming up with all things comedy they're running back the 2019 nfl playoffs and giving away ten thousand dollars in my bookie credit so go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash atc for all the info that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash atc let me also take a second here to talk about Ace Per Head because that's the place to go if you ever thought about starting your own sportsbook. Ace will help you start that sportsbook. They'll provide you with all-inclusive professional betting site with lines updated to the second and wages graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7, the sharpest lines in the industry, and they offer a live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today. Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Moving on to Sunday's games here in the EPL. And we start with Everton going to Wolves at 12pm on Sunday, where Wolves are the even money favourites. It's 21 to 10 to draw, and it's 3 to 1 on Everton. I don't know what to make of this game because... There are two teams that started the lockdown from came back from lockdown period and they were okay. Wolves were winning all of their games and looked like they were Champions League contenders. Then they played really badly against Arsenal, looked really tired. And after that, they went on to lose away to Sheffield United, a game where they played better than they did against Arsenal, but still lost. Everton had a good draw against Liverpool 0-0 where they could have actually won the game and looked really, really good at the back. And then all of a sudden came up and played against Tottenham and really, really didn't turn up in that spot and also didn't turn up for the first half today against Southampton. So I don't know what to make of these two teams. They've had good wins since they've come out of the lockdown period. Everton had that 0-0 against Liverpool and then a win against Leicester at home 2-1. And Wolves started with three wins, including a 2-0 win against West Ham where they looked really, really good. But since then, over the last two games, these two teams have produced one goal between them in their four games combined. Wolves lost 2-0 to Arsenal and lost 1-0 to Sheffield United. Everton lost 1-0 to Spurs and then drew 1-1 today against Southampton in a game that they were dominated. So the easy thing for me to do here is to not play either team to, to win and just to go for the under because there's enough data there to go with the under with these two teams being in low-scoring games. In fact, every single game that these two have played in 
since the season resumed has produced under 2.5 goals, barring that game where Everton beat Leicester 2-1. But every other game has been under 2.5 goals. So it's an easy go-to in this one. I do think these two teams will cancel each other out. Wolves, I think, need maybe one or two wins to make sure they're getting that Europa League space. Europa League spot, I think the Champions League is gone. And then they need to focus on their own Europa League campaign where they still have a chance of winning a trophy, albeit slim. And uh, the under here is available at 8 to 13. So I would just take the under and move on from this one. If you are going to play this one, I think the under is the best bet. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually cancelled each other out into a nil-nil draw. Um, or maybe one of them just nicks it. I think if anybody I favoured to nick it, I think it would be Wolves. Because it's unlikely that they go three games in a row without scoring. But the under, I think, is definitely the best play. Sunday also sees... Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace at 2.15, where it's a must-win game for Villa. But I don't think that I would have priced them up as 6-5 to five favourites to win this one. And that's what the bookies have done. They're 6-5 favourites. It's 23-10 to 10 to join. It's 9-4 on Palace. I don't think you can say that Crystal Palace are on their holidays because they competed all the way against Chelsea in the last game. They've also come out of this lockdown period and gone and got a win away to Bournemouth. And that did Aston Villa a massive favour in the relegation race. So you can't say that this Crystal Palace team are on holiday because they have a manager that wouldn't let them go on holiday and wouldn't let them just take their foot off the gas. So I think they're still going to continue to try. And if they continue to try, I don't see how... Aston Villa are a 6-5 to favourite here against the Palace team, who are a very, very, very established Premier League team. Yes, they have lost four games in a row now. They have lost at home to Burnley. They did get stuffed against Liverpool. They did get stuffed against Leicester. They did lose last time out to Chelsea. But all of these teams are better than Aston Villa. And I don't have an issue with Aston Villa winning this game. I think if I had to choose somebody to win this game, I would pick Villa. But we're talking about gambling here. And we're talking about Aston Villa being a favourite. And that's the part where I have an issue. Because when Aston Villa are the favourites here, I think there's better bets that we could go with. And looking at the very, very low amount of goals these two teams have scored, I think the under, again, for the second time in a row, is the play. The under 2.5 goals here is at 10 to 11. So it's 10 to 11 that these two teams are going to find the net three times between them. Two teams that have scored very few goals since coming out of the lockdown period. And 10 to 11 that they'll go under. For me, this is an easy, easy under and there's value on that. I think if anybody wins this game, it's going to be nicked by a single goal. It can either be the goal for Crystal Palace that sends Aston Villa down or Aston Villa will end up getting a goal. Or we may see a 1-1 where... Aston Villa go ahead and try and sit on it or Crystal Palace go ahead and Aston Villa try and chase the game and get themselves an equaliser. I, I just just basically don't think that we'll see three. I don't see three goals in this game between these two. And that's going to follow a pattern because the next game is the game of the week at 4.30 on Sunday because it is the North London derby between Tottenham and Arsenal where Tottenham, for some reason are the 6-5 to five favourites to win this game. It's 12-5 to five the draw, and it's 19-10 to 10 on Arsenal. There is some serious, serious value on Arsenal winning this game at Tottenham. Now, of course, 
It's not really a real away win because there's no supporters there, but it's been a long, long time since Arsenal won away to Tottenham because Tottenham have been dominant over the years in terms of league position and in the North London derby in general. And this is an opportunity for Arsenal to get a win. Yeah, none of their supporters will be there. But at the moment, when you're looking at the form between these two teams, Arsenal are without a doubt the better form side they stopped a run of wins because Leicester managed to get a draw off them in the last game. But that meant Arsenal, that required Arsenal being down to 10 men, conceding inside the last five minutes. Otherwise, they would have sailed to their fifth win in a row. Tottenham are completely out of form and looking for the season to be done. Yes, they're chasing a European position, but if you can't beat Bournemouth, who along with Norwich are the whipping boys in the Premier League at the moment, then you've got big problems. And I really think Arsenal have a great, great chance to win this game. There's great odds there at 19 to 10. If you want to play it safer and you think this game might play out as a draw, then you can take Arsenal on the draw no bet market here, which is available at six to five. So plus money on Arsenal to win and your money back if it's a draw. I like that as well. But as I said, I was following the theme from the other games and I like the under here at the underdog price of even money. These are two teams that haven't scored a lot of goals coming out of the lockdown period. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham have not been scoring a lot of goals. And Mikel Arteta as well, he has really tightened up this Arsenal team, so they're not conceding goals. And at the same time, despite the fact they have a lot of attacking power, Arsenal haven't been posting a ton of goals in their last few games as well. Let's look at the data here quickly. Tottenham, the season so far since coming out of lockdown, we'll go from the top. They started with a one-all draw against Man United. That's one in one. They then got a 2-0 win against West Ham. That's three goals in two. They lost 3-1 away to Sheffield United. That's four goals in three. One-nil they won at home against Everton. That's five and four and a nil-nil today. So just five goals from Tottenham. They averaged one goal a game coming out of the lockdown period. And let's have a look at Arsenal because Arsenal have been a little bit better and they have also played one more extra game or two more extra games. So we'll count the the FA Cup here as well. Arsenal started with a 3-0 loss at Man City. They then lost 2-1 away to Brighton. They then bounced back and got a 2-0 win away to Southampton. So that's three goals so far. They then won in the FA Cup against Sheffield United, which was 2-1. They then whooped Norwich 4-0 and then they got a 2-0 win away to Wolves before that one-all draw at home to Leicester. So take away the game against Norwich City because everybody ends up whipping Norwich. It's almost a given that you're going to have an opportunity to score goals there, the way Norwich have played since coming out of the lockdown period. So if we look at the other six Arsenal games, then you'll see that they have only produced seven goals in those six games. So they're averaging just a little bit more than Tottenham. So Tottenham have scored five and five. Arsenal have scored seven and six. Obviously, if you add the Norwich game, then Arsenal have scored 11 and seven, and it looks a lot more impressive. But the other thing I want to factor in here as well are the defences because Arsenal have been solid since that 3-0 defeat that they suffered against Manchester City. If we look through the Arsenal, well, the Brighton result as well was pretty bad. But since the two defeats they started with where they conceded five goals, they did not concede against Southampton. They did not concede against Norwich. They did not concede against Wolves. They've had three clean sheets 
in their last five games. Book ended by conceding one against Sheffield United and then that late goal by Jamie Vardy. So Arsenal have only conceded two in their last five matches. Tottenham as well. Jose Mourinho has managed to to tidy things up at the back, despite the fact they're not scoring goals. They only conceded that one goal against Man United, got that clean sheet against Tottenham, a clean sheet against Everton, and a clean sheet today. So that's three clean sheets. The only blot was that 3-1 defeat that they suffered against Sheffield United. But overall, that adds up to four goals conceded by Tottenham in their five games this season. So it's not too bad defensively. It just, for some reason, Jose Mourinho isn't able to get any goals out of a Tottenham team that has Harry Kane, Song, Mora, Lo Celso, Deli Alley. So I think this is going to be a tight game. It's also going to be a game that neither of these teams want to lose because there's bragging rights on the line here for these two teams in North London. Neither of them are going to win any trophies this season. Neither of them have had a good season. It's been terrible for both, at least Arsenal, have got themselves an FA Cup semi-final to play and there's been nothing to cheer about for Spurs and I think it'll be made even worse by losing this game and giving Arsenal the bragging rights and especially if Arsenal finish above Tottenham in the table and I think Arsenal have a real chance here they're a good price at 19 to 10 and I also like the under the under will be my main pick here at even money under 2.5 goals in the North London derby on Sunday two more games to go and they do involve the top four and they are really important clashes especially this next one coming up because it affects both ends of the table it's a must-win game for Bournemouth and a must-win game for Leicester and this one could have been the game of the week but I didn't pick it because it would have 11 Leicester players in it so that would make Leicester a strong favorite here but you are getting them at just four to five it's 19 to five on Bournemouth and it's 14 to five on the draw so we're getting Leicester at the same price that we got Spurs and obviously Leicester are significantly higher in the table and they're coming off what I consider to be two good results because normally a draw at Arsenal would be a good result but under these circumstances it's not because Leicester's season is beginning to fall apart because if they don't get into the Champions League from the position they're in then that will be considered a disaster but what we don't know at this moment in time is if all of this is irrelevant and if fifth place will get you in because we don't know what's going to happen to Man City in the court of arbitration so we have to assume that it's going to get overturned and it's just going to be the top four and it doesn't look like Leicester are going to get into that unless they go on to win all of their remaining games because if the way I've worked it out ends up transpiring, Man United do run the table. Leicester will need to win all of their games and avoid a defeat against Manchester United on the last day of the season at home. But that is a possibility because if Leicester continue to play as they have done since they beat Crystal Palace and they did play okay at Arsenal, then they are capable of winning away to Bournemouth and there's good value here at 4-5. to five. They are capable of winning at home to Sheffield United and the way Tottenham are playing at the moment, they are capable of winning at Tottenham. So the way Leicester have played in their last two games, there is hope for them. I just don't know if they can win all of those games and not drop any points because usually when you're looking at these three games, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United at home and Tottenham away, you look at that 
and think seven points is fine. And it is. But if they get seven points from those games, then they're in a must-win situation on the final day of the season against Man United, as long as Man United win their games. And Man United have significantly easier games than Leicester. So they are in the driving seat at the moment to be in the top four. In fact, they're in the driving seat to finish in the top three because they have easier games than Chelsea because Chelsea still have to go away to Liverpool. So it looks really good for Man United. Must-win situation for Leicester and a must-win situation for Bournemouth because they need to win at least two of their last four remaining games to stay in the table and looking at their games this game against Leicester and the home game against Southampton are the two easiest games they have because the other ones are horrible games it's a way to Manchester City and then a way to Everton on the last day of the season so we got two teams who must win this game but for me despite the fact I don't think that they're going to win out and I do think they're going to miss out on the Champions League I just don't think Leicester drop any points here. I think Bournemouth are there for the taking. I was actually really surprised to see Bournemouth not lose to Spotland today because I had Tottenham winning that game. I had Bournemouth losing all of their remaining games other than the home game they have against Southampton because that's a local derby and I think they may play for some pride there. But this Bournemouth team are down. The running is too difficult. I think they'll even finish below Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa are more likely to challenge Watford for that final relegation place. And I think Leicester do win this game, despite the fact that I think they'll miss out below Chelsea and Manchester United. This isn't one of the games I think they'll drop points and I think Leicester will win this game. And there's actually decent value on Leicester here at 4-5. to five. Closing out with the final game, and it is Manchester United at home to Southampton, where Man United are the 1-3 favourites. It's 9-2 to, to draw and it's 17-2 on Southampton. Southampton's win today actually makes them the third best away team in the Premier League this season. Obviously, that can change this weekend with a win for Chelsea and a loss for Southampton, which is what I think will happen. But Southampton are playing good football and they're scoring a lot of goals. And Man United, they're playing at a different level. They actually broke a Premier League record today. They were the first team in the history of the Premier League to win four consecutive matches by a three-goal margin or more. I'll be surprised if they make it five here because Southampton, as I said, are playing very well at the moment. They're coming off a win against Manchester City and a draw away to Everton today, which surprised me because I thought Everton might get a bounce-back win. The over-under is what I'm looking at for this game. I do expect Man United to win and, con and continue winning. But the over-under here, the over is available at 4-6. to six. The under is available at 6-5. to five. I don't understand how we're getting an over here at 4-6. to six. This Man United team have won all of their last four games by over a three-goal margin. So Man United are very likely here to put up over 2.5 goals themselves against the Southampton team, who are not very good defensively. Defending is not their strong point. And Southampton themselves may even contribute towards this over, because despite the fact Man United have been defensively better at the moment, and have been much better defensively, actually, since the turn of the year, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Southampton scoring a goal. So there's massive, massive value in the over. If you tack Man United onto it, that's Man United to win, along with the over 2.5 goals, you can get this at even money. That, for me, is an excellent bet. Um, if Man United don't cash this themselves, I'll be surprised because I certainly think Man United can put three goals past this Southampton team 
a team that have conceded 56 goals in 34 matches a season, although nine of them were against Leicester at home. And Man United have scored 59 goals so far this season. However, as I mentioned, they have been dominant in their last four games and have scored 14 in their last four. So I love, love, love the over here. And I'm going to take the over 2.5 goals at four to six. And if you want to add Man United to win to that, Man United to win and over 2.5 goals, then you can get that at even money for more value and I don't see how that one doesn't cash. This is going to be an entertaining game. It is going to be end to end. Southampton have nothing to lose. They're not going to come here to try and park the bus because they don't have the players to do that, as we can see by their goal difference and the number of goals they conceded. We're going to see a football match here, and we're going to see a Southampton team that I think are going to give Man United a good game. I personally think, other than the Leicester game on a final day of the season, this is the toughest game that Man United have left remaining because Southampton statistically run more than any other team in the Premier League. So they're going to make it tough for Man United here. I heard Ole Gunnar Solskjaer say that at the end of his interview today, and that was worrying for me because they are going to put pressure on Man United, more pressure than anybody has done so far. So Man United aren't going to have time on the ball. I think that's something that benefits Man United. And some of these lockdown games have been a little bit slower. So Man United have been able to get away with playing their side-to-side football and penetrating teams when they decide to, have been able to control loads and loads of possession and then all of a sudden turn the switch and be able to find that killer ball or the killer finish from the better players that they have. So it has suited them. Plus, it also suits them. I think the lockdown, the the non-crowd situation suits them because you don't have that crowd putting pressure on. I think what we've known about Man United is that they've always signed good players. Someone like Memphis Depay came to Man United and didn't succeed. It didn't mean he wasn't a good player. He ended up going to Leon and being a great player. But sometimes the shirt is very big at Man United. That's a saying that we have. Is the shirt too big for the player? And that really just means that they can't handle the pressure of being a Man United player. We've seen loads and loads and loads of great players come to Man United and not being able to cope with it over the years. Even someone like Sebastian Veron. He came to Man United and couldn't cope with being a Man United player. And that was a world-class footballer. And there's been loads over the year that have come to Man United that haven't worked out. Sebastian Schweinsteiger. Angel Di Maria. A lot of these have been in the last few years, actually. But let's move on. Let's close out with the lock here on the show. Before we do that, let me take a second out to talk about another sponsor here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I'm talking about Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a brand new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They are now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you'll get 15% off. That's K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com and the promo code SGP. Closing out with that lock, the lock on the show, it's a tough one this week because there's good value on a couple of the top four challengers. I think Chelsea are good value to win at Sheffield United. I think there's great value on Leicester to win at Bournemouth. There's things that you can do with the Liverpool game. There's different variables there. Liverpool to nil, Liverpool minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line. 
I really like the under in Wolves Everton. But let's go for something more exciting. Let's take an over this week. We're going to go for the over, but you're going to have to wait till Monday night for this over. Over 2.5 goals in the Man United Southampton game, which is available at 4-6. In fact, let's add Man United to it. Let's go from Man United to win and over 2.5 goals. So let's put those two together. As I mentioned earlier, that will bring this one up to even money. So that will be your lock on the show. For the parlay, let's roll with two Moneyline picks that didn't make it as the locks. So we'll take them here in a Moneyline parlay. Two teams going for the top four, Chelsea at Sheffield United and Leicester at Bournemouth on Sunday. And for the dog, we're going to take Arsenal here as a pick on the draw no bet market, we're going to take Arsenal at 6-5. to five. I don't think they lose this game from what I've seen recently. The only thing that concerns me about this pick is that Tottenham are still the team that went to the Champions League 13 months ago. Jose Mourinho is still a top manager. There's a top manager inside him and there's good players inside these players because they got to the Champions League final 13 months ago. Most of them are still there. They've only lost Christian Eriksen, and I'm pretty sure he didn't carry this team to a Champions League final by himself. So these players can still play. And could they find that for one day on Sunday? Could this be Tottenham's Cup final? Could this be the momentum-changing thing that carries them into next season? Has, Mose, has Jose Mourinho still got it to manage his team and tactically plan out and mastermind one more big result? And we're only talking about Arsenal. We're not talking about Tottenham grinding out a result against Liverpool or Manchester City here. We're talking about Arsenal. But I just don't see it. That's why I've taken Arsenal here as a pick on the draw no bet market here at 6-5. That's going to be my dog this week. And um, I'm not taking it, as I said, as a as a lock. Or I didn't take the double chance market as a lock because Arsenal to avoid a defeat here is available 8-13. to 13. I think there's value in that as well. And I did consider it. But as I've been thinking about it, as I paused to think about what I wanted to give out as a lock, took a little break, thought about it, started to dislike this pick a little bit more than I did before we started. Because when I saw it initially, it leaped out of the page at me as the dog. And it is the dog this week, but never came into any lock contention because I just feel if Tottenham turn up for one game and give it everything that they have and show that they are the players that got to the Champions League final 30 months ago, it might be this one. But it didn't stop me from taking Arsenal as a dog because there's too much, too much statistical data. So I've seen too much of these two teams over the last few weeks. I watched Tottenham today. I watched them against Everton. They were terrible. And Arsenal, in contrast, have looked very, very good. So everything that I've seen tells me that there's good value here on Arsenal 65 and especially on the money line at 19 to 10. So that concludes this week's edition of the EPL show. As I said, don't forget to check out the fight show, which will be covering UFC Fight Island for this weekend. Also, make sure you check out lockbetting.com, 73 consecutive months of profit. The pin tweet is June's PL. And if you just want to sign up for $10, that will get you the very, very profitable European show. We had a sample of it on here a few weeks ago on the Bundesliga show. It's the crown jewel of lockbetting.com. It's $10 a month and you get four episodes a month for that. So it works out to $2.50 an episode. So I encourage you to check that out at lockbetting.com. That's it for me. I'll be back again with another EPL show on Monday. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening. Bye.
Grab a snack, grab a farm rich snack. Mmm, something about that song just makes me hungry. Well, any requests? Oh, how about some mozzarella sticks instead? Folks, it's time for me to grab a snack. Feel free to do the same. You can find Farm Rich in the freezer aisle or online. This next one goes out to all the cheese lovers out there. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.